All right. Amen. Good stuff all around. Um, we, are, we are, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to finish up this series on the, the parables. I, I hope they've been helpful to you. I know I've been, I hope you've enjoyed hearing them as much as I've enjoyed studying them. Um, this has just been a, a great, great time of seeing the richness of, of and, and present day application of, of God's word and his stories and just how timeless his truth is. Uh, the, the parable we're going to be looking at today is one of the shortest parables, um, really, in, in the Bible. It's, it's almost, you, could, you can make the argument, it's actually more a metaphor than a parable. Um, but there's a lot in it, and so, we are, and so we're going to dive into this today. Um, it, it, the story speaks to uncomfortable situations and how we deal with them in life. Um, and dis, to some degree, un, uh, disappointments. Um, so for you Buckeye fans, this one's for you. Uh, we find this is this is actually one of the one of the you know the gospels uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have um, have a lot of similarities, but there's not a lot of things that you will find in all three uh, of the gospels. This this story is one of them. You will find this in all of the gospels. Which to me, um, kind of again, you know, we talk about how repetition is 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 a Jewish highlighter, and that's that that tells us something that there's there's something significant in this story. Um, and so we're gonna we're just gonna pray and just kind of jump into to the word for today. So Lord, we, we just invite you, God. We we recognize that your presence has been been here this morning. You've encouraged us. I, we hope that our, our, our praise and our, our, our just our humble offerings of, of song to you have been acceptable. And now as we turn to your word, Lord, we ask that you would open our minds, open our hearts to hear what you have to say through your word for us this morning. God, we, we, we invite your Holy Spirit to transform us. God, this, if this is just us can, getting information into our heads, nothing is going to change, Lord. So we... we give you the chance. We give you the opportunity. And how crazy is that, Lord, that we, ha- we actually have to give you <laughs> the chance. Like you, like you uh, for some reason, you've chosen to let us determine how much you get involved in our lives. And so we, we give you this moment um, to make us new. Amen. Amen. All right. So Luke, we've, we're going to be looking at the, the version of this it, it, that we find in, in Luke. Uh, in chapter 5, and starting in verse 33 is where we find our parable today. And they said to him, so Jesus is talking to a group of people. Um, and they said to him, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days are coming when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece of new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And here's here's the one we're going to really look at today, verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. 
But new wine must be put in fresh wineskins, and no one, after drinking old wine, desires new. For he says, the old is good enough. All right, so here's our, our story, our context. Um, Jesus is talking to, to some people, and, and they want to know why his, his disciples basically are acting differently than, than the other disciples, uh, the other groups of, of kind of you know, religious leadership. They, they, they're doing different things. And, and so Jesus tells this story to illustrate why his group is so different. And he uses the story of, of the, the wineskins. And he talks about the importance of these new wineskins. And why is that important? See, they were, they were, wineskins were made the old, you know, way back in the day. They didn't have plastic or glass uh, bottles so much. So they were made out of sheep or goat skin. And they would, um, they would pour new wine in. And what happens is with new wine, you know, it ferments. And it expands and it lets off this gas and so uh, as the the wine ferments and the process the fermentation process happens that it would expand new wine skins um, have this elastic ability to it um, and so they would be able to expand with with the wine and, and contain it but but after they get used or they get old they would get dry they would they would get brittle and so if you put new wine in old wineskins when that expansion happens it would just pop the seams and 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 the wine would would be lost so there's a primary message here that jesus is 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 telling to the to, to this group, and he's, he's talking about this giant shift that's taking place through Jesus' presence on earth, his incarnation and his atonement, what he was here to do. His mission was fundamentally shifting spirituality as they knew it. Worship was going from residing into a physical temple, the temple that, you know, the temple that they went to worship. It was going from that to residing in the, the people of God. The issue of our sin was being dealt with once and for all. Communion with the Lord was being decentralized. What do I mean by that? Up until, up until Jesus coming and, and dying and paying for our sins and the, 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 we have Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is unleashed. There was this, the primary way God spoke with, with his people was kind of a top-down model. There was, there was God and he spoke with leaders and the leaders disseminated that to the people. But in this, this new era that, that Jesus is ushering in, it's decentralized. God, we become the temple and God now tabernacles, God now covenants, God now connects with us individually. Now, that's not to say that he did away with, with spiritual authority and, and, and organized you know, religion and, and, and that. He didn't. But this whole other um, way of doing life came to be. And this, this change re required a massive change in, in thought and life pattern. And Jesus is trying to, to, trying to help the, this Israel see that there is there is change a coming, and he ends the passage with this interesting uh, interesting phrase, this prophetic warning, really, where he says um, he's foretelling that that Israel, for the most part, wasn't going to accept this new wine. Right at the end of that that verse, he says, uh, 
And no one after drinking the old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. And I think this is, he's speaking about Israel and their, kind of their reaction to, to him. But I think it's also just, uh, it's just a truth about us, right? We just like what we like. We have a tendency, um, you know, they've done lots of research now and studies about our, as, as a, you know, as people, our, our reaction to new things. And, and it's, there is a very, very, very small percentage of, of people that are eager for the new or for the next or for change. There's a, they call them early adapters. And it's like less than, I think it's like less than 10% of, of, of people. Most people are, 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 it takes them a while. They're not, they're not initially, um, they're initially resistant to change. We don't, we don't, we don't anticipate or we don't expect to like something we're not familiar with. And so Jesus is kind of warning them in this. This, this, this parable is a pri- a primarily a message to that audience, and that's what he was saying to them, but I do believe that there is a lesson or a model here that holds up even today for us. We are, we are outside. We are past the point of you know, this conversation of new and old covenant. We were obviously born much later, and that's not really our experience. But I think the lesson here, and there's a model here that we still deal with in our lives every day, that we can pull some truths out. And that's what we're going to look to do this morning. See, throughout life, we have, we have shifts, right? If there's one thing that's constant in our lives, it's what? Change, exactly. We, things never stay the same. They change. They change in our, our relationships. We're, we're single, and then maybe we get married, or we don't. We, get, we, we have kids, and that's a season, and then they start to grow up, and every day they're different, and so that changes. Our friends change. We change. Our, in our careers, our, our abilities change. The things that, that we're able to do or that hold our interests change. Our, the, the companies and the, the, the people that we work for change. Culture changes. Churches change. The way we do things. The, God leads in certain directions in certain seasons. And then there's, there's shifts. And whenever we enter a new season, it's like God is pouring wine into our, our wineskins. At first, it's all crazy and there's a lot of activity and there's, there's excitement and there's, there's pressure. Kind of, a, you know, when the new wine comes in, it's this fermentation process and, and there's a lot of things going on. You know, there's, a, there's kind of this, this, in leadership development, there's this kind of process they talk about whenever the, something major, a major change happens or a, you do a new initiative, there's kind of this, this process that tends to happen and they, they call it, uh, what is it, storming, forming, and norming. Right when you first start, it's a storm and it's all all over the place and everybody's emotional and and, and then a, but eventually you get to to a forming where you figure it out and 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 things start coming into line and then at some point it becomes normal 
And this, this happens in, in all of the phases in, in our lives, that eventually things start to settle down and they normal, and the, the pressure goes down, the, those reactions aren't as, as bad, and, and, and the wine, if we go back to the wine picture, you know, the wine, it's after the fermentation process that you have something worth drinking, right? And so, so the wine in, this, in, in the, this season starts to be sweet, we start to enjoy it, and it's good. And things can reach a, a good equilibrium, a good, good place, in that, at least in that area. But then, your beautiful, cute baby becomes a teenager. Or in my case, a three-nager. <laughs> Anybody ever had a three-nager? Yeah. Uh, you graduate. And discover that you now have to get a job and be an adult. You know, that the job that you were so happy to get starts feeling old or stifling or inadequate. There's a pandemic and just everything gets blown up. All your plans and all your how you, you do things get thrown out the window. And suddenly there's all this new crazy, all this agitation, all this, this pressure. What's happening there's, there's new wine getting poured into your wineskin. And it, it doesn't taste like the old stuff. It's not comfortable. There's, there's pressure, and we've already been there and done that, and we're past that phase, we thought. And it feels like you're going to burst, and we feel, you know, moments or there's areas in our lives where we, where we experience frustration and, and fear because this is uncomfortable again. And we thought we had it figured out, and now everything's all up in the air. And maybe we start experiencing this, this sense of nostalgia. We miss this old season, this old thing that's, that, that just all of a sudden isn't there anymore what is where is this pain coming from it's it's coming from new wine getting poured into old wineskins our tendency here is to blame the wine but the problem isn't the wine. The problem is the wine skin. The wine's doing its job. The wine is what it is. It's new wine. That's what it has to do. It has to go through that process. And we don't control the, the wine. We don't control the life that gets poured into us. All we can control is our wine skin. And you may feel unequipped for this new wine. Sometimes we may feel like, man, I can't ever imagine being able to enjoy this swill that is getting poured into my life right now. And if that's, that's you in some area of your life today, I have good news for you. And if you're not in that phase of life, if this is kind of like, oh, that's interesting, but I don't, I don't really, uh, I haven't really experienced that, I would say to you, um, listen anyway, because it will. Because, you know, it's kind of like what they say with, with motorcycle riders, there's two kinds, those that have been down and those that are going down. It's uh, this sort of thing in our life is, is inevitable. Seasons will change. You are going to experience this if you're not already in this moment right now. And it's interesting when we, when we talk about, if you've heard this, this, this uh, 
parable before, if you've heard this verse. Matter of fact, when I was first reading this, it, it, it always struck me as a very um, ominous kind of picture, right? Because you got this, this new wineskin and it's great. And then it's just, it almost feels like, okay, we get one shot at it, right? Then the, that's kind of the picture I feel like. It's like I got one shot to do life right. And, and eventually if I, I don't know how by something, if I don't, if I, if I don't just do it right, then I'm going to end up this old wineskin and then it's, that's it. And I just got to be crusty and useless for the rest of my life. There's good news. See, Jesus is very green. He is a big fan of recycling. He was green before it was cool. Seriously. Like, God didn't go through... Just think of it this way. Why would God go through all the trouble of creating you, of calling you, of dying for you, equipping you, loving you, all of these things just to get one use out of you? See, we live in a disposable society. That's just the kind of, we, that's our mindset. You know, you, you buy a bottle, you drink the stuff in it, and you pitch it. Everything we do is, is designed to be disposable to the point where it's now this new thing to come up with reusable items, right? And be green and recycling. And I think it's funny that they talk about this like this is like, you know, like, like, the, the, like the millennials invented this, you know? Like... Sorry, guys, like, you want to see thrifty, you, you should have known my grandma, right? Like, grew up in the Depression, reuses tinfoil, has a drawer full of Ziploc bags, saves the bacon to cook the eggs, you know, like, reusable. Jesus is like this. He reuses things. And that's not how we roll, but that is how the kingdom of God works. See, there's a really interesting little detail in this story that we have to catch or we're going to miss the point. And at the, towards the end of it, in verse 38, says, But new wine must be poured into fresh wineskins. A lot of your translations, if you have NLT, I think they use the word new in both places. New wine must be put in new wineskins. But in the ESV, and it's the reason I chose it this, uh, this morning, is they actually, I think, do a better job of translating. They choose the word fresh for, for wineskins in this sentence because it's actually a different word. If you go back to the Greek, it, it says, but new wine, neos wine, must be put into Fresh wineskins, Kanos wineskins. Why two different words? Because they mean two different things. Simple enough. New wine is, is a new creation. Fresh wine can be used in that context, but the other use for that, that kind of idea, that Kanos, fresh, is something that has been repurposed. Refreshed. See, wineskins were hard to make. I mean, you had to like, you know, it was a part of an animal, and killing animals was, was expensive. And so they developed a way to refresh the wineskins. These were not disposable bottles. They would take these, these wineskins, and they'd make them, and they'd use them. And then as they would empty they would begin to dry out because the alcohol, you know, interacts with the skin and the leather and then it hits the air and it, it dries out. 
But what they would do is after that, before they would use them again, they would take these wineskins and they would, they would put them in like a, a bowl or whatever full of water and they would soak them. And they'd let them absorb all of that moisture to rehydrate the, the cells kind of in, in the, in the wineskin. And then after, after they'd soaked for enough time, they would pull them out and then they would take oil and they would rub the leather and massage the oil in to seal that moisture back in. And after they would do this process, this old, what was an old wineskin was now reusable. It, was, it wasn't brand new, but it was fresh. It was good as new. It was ready for use again. See, this is the picture that Jesus, I think, was painting for them and for us. Jesus isn't teaching that we have one purpose and be careful, don't get, don't get used up because then you're going to get old and crusty. By the way, when we're talking about old here, this is not chronological. I know plenty of people that are 20 that I would describe as crusty. And I, and I have some 80-year-olds that I wish I was that young. Um, Jesus isn't teaching us that we have one purpose. He's saying that, that when you do, when you do get used up, I have a plan to refresh and renew you so that you can be filled again, so that you can be useful again, so that you can have more new wine put in you and you can enjoy another season of usefulness. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. We're, we're not going to go long this morning because I want to give us a, a time to kind of just marinate in this and, and, and kind of talk to God and do some business with God. He's saying, I have a plan to refresh and renew you. But the, the answer isn't in, in the, again, don't blame the wine. <laughs> and that's, that's our tendency. The answer isn't in old wine. It's not going and trying to figure out how to find old wine and put it back, get that to get poured back into us. The answer is not in new wine. The answer isn't in different wine. It's not in trying to say, oh, this tastes bad. I just, God, I just need different wine. This is the season of life is hard. I don't, you know, can you just, I don't know, just fix my kid, fix my husband, change my job. The answer is not, the problem is not the wine. The answer is in the water and the oil. It's in God refreshing your life. And I think it's such a, a just a, a complete picture that, that God paints here when he's, he, you know, in this, this analogy. Water in the Bible always represents washing and God's presence and the power of his word. And like the wineskins, we have to soak. And so much of the time, I feel like we do. We come on Sundays or we, we have our, our quiet times or whatever. But, you know, if your vision, if your expectation is off, it's going to affect the, the efficacy of the moment. If you're expecting your time with God to change what He's pouring into you, 
then that becomes your, your litmus test, kind of your, your, your evaluation of that time and whether it's working or not. I'm here to tell you this morning that, that God is way less concerned with the, with the wine when it comes to you than He is with your wineskin. He wants you to focus this morning on your wineskin, on your life, on soaking in His, his presence so that, that you can become fresh again. The Bible talks about oil. It's always a, a, a symbol of anointing. And that's kind of, it's two sides of the same coin. It's God's presence, but it's God's presence with a purpose. It, it, whenever someone gets anointed, there is, there is an authority or a power or a, 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 a proclamation or a, a destination on their life that is being, in, is being given to that person. God wants to anoint us for this next season, whatever that looks like in your life. Listen, there is nothing that, there is no wine that we can take in that God can't prepare us, prepare us to take. There's no season of life that we have to resign ourselves to being miserable or not being effective or not being able to, to, to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Or to feel alone and isolated and powerless. But we have to get our eyes off waiting for the wine to change and start focusing on allowing God to refresh us. I'm going to invite you guys to, to stand if you want. We're just going to take a few moments and I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond. Um, and we're going to pray for a minute. And, and then we're, going to, we're just going to end our time just declaring, reasoning that, that Psalm 23 was just so... I wish I could say I planned it, but we all know that didn't happen. Um, but it just fits so well with where I feel like the Lord is, is leading us this morning. And right. I want to invite you. Um, if there's a if there's a, a season, if this is speaking to you, if there is a specific area in your life where you'd admit that yes, that's I feel like I I've, I feel like that's me. I have an old wine skin that's that's feeling like it's bursting. It's 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 uncomfortable. There's the, I don't like this new wine. It's it, it's it's hard. It's rough. I don't see purpose in it, or you're fearful that this thing is just maybe going to split you open. And you recognize that you need the Lord to refresh you this morning. You need His presence. You need a new, a fresh anointing so that you can expand with this new season. Sometimes it's not always bad things too. You know, you can get, it can be something that you, it can be good things that, that cause us to, to fear or struggle in these new seasons. You know, you get a promotion at work. That's great. And then you get in the job and you're like, oh, this is different. 
Not that I know anything about that. Um, but God can, God wants to soak us and anoint us for these next seasons, whatever they are. If that's you, I'm going to encourage you. I want to ask you to do something. We have plenty of space here down in the altar and the aisles. Just as a sign to, to God, just as a, a way to activate our, our, your, your, kind of your faith and, and kind of make a public declaration that you are, you, you are opening yourself to, to God to, to connect and refresh you this morning. Would you, would you make a move to the aisle or to the altar? And we're going to, in just a, in a minute, we're just going to, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to give you a moment to pray. And then we're just going to, we're going to sing and declare the truth that, that God wants to, I believe, instill in some of us this morning. To freshen us this morning. Matter of fact, why don't you just take a moment right here? If you're in the if you're here and you want to do do some business with God, talk to Him yourself. You know your heart; He knows your heart. Tell Him what you need. Tell Him what you're afraid of. Tell Him what make, is making you angry in this season. Admit the the dryness, whatever that area is. Just tell Him. And then in a minute we'll pray, and then we'll we're gonna sing. Father, we come before you. And Jesus, we, we admit in this moment that, that there are things in our, our lives, there's, there are things that, that, that are coming from your hand or that you are allowing that we, we don't know what to do with, that they, they're causing pressure and fear and agitation, God. And maybe, maybe we've blamed the situation. Maybe we've blamed the wine. Maybe we've blamed you. God, but we stand here this morning. We recognize that that is not the solution. God, I, we recognize that the only way through, the only way to wholeness and joy and, and, and usefulness is to invite your spirit to, to soak us, your, your cleansing water to, to fill us. God, your anointing presence to, to seal us and empower us. God, to change our minds and hearts, to be ready for the journey that you have, the assignments you have for each and every one of us, God. We invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to do a work in our minds and our hearts. God, we know that you can do in a second what can take us an eternity to try and fail at. And so we invite you in this moment, God. I pray that you would just invade our minds and our hearts 
Holy Spirit, would you encourage us? Would you cleanse us? Would you empower us? Would you give us, give us faith for, for those, those relationships that we need to learn how to speak differently in? The, those changes in life that can be good if you, we would see them through your eyes. God, we say have your way in this moment with us. God, we give you this time. God, as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, would you just transform us in the way that only you can. May the reality of your kingdom and the reality of, of what you, how you see us invade, would invade us so that we can see ourselves and align our minds and our hearts and our wills to your truth, God. Amen. Let's sing.